Last night, uh, sometime shortly after midnight, a slightly stooped older gentleman wearing a green visor came up and picked up last week and shipped it off to the archives. We have a brand new week. And I, for one, am not sad about that. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye to last week. And I woke up this morning and uh, my wife put on a new dress. She looks absolutely fantastic this morning. And if I have nothing else, I will have that this week. <laughs> so it's been kind of a rough, a rough year or so. Um, you know, I stand up here, I'm pretty tired, uh, worn out. Don't really feel like I have too much to give. Um, and so I, I speak to you today. Uh, this is stuff that I'm learning right now myself. So I'm not going to speak to you as a, a wise, experienced person who's lived this for years, but with the enthusiasm of a student who's learning this stuff even now as I'm talking about it. Uh, I want to start off in John uh, 1, 1 through 4. John 1 is one of my favorite passages. Uh, It says, in the beginning, speaking of Jesus here, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And then kind of tying into that over in uh, Colossians, uh, Colossians 1.15, speaking of Jesus again, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And then again in... uh, Hebrews, these three verses, when you put them together, you could sit up on a mountain for five years and just think about these three verses. Um, there's so much in these verses. Um, Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. So what we've learned about Jesus here is that He created everything. He is the Word of God. You know, in Genesis 1 where it says, God spoke and said, let there be light. So he created with his mouth. It was not with his hands, it was with his mouth. And we learn in John 1 that Jesus is, in a sense, the business end of God. He's where things happen. When God wants things to happen, he speaks through Jesus. Um, and then we learn in Colossians, what I read there in Colossians, he holds all things together. You know, they talk about in Adam's, there's um, forces that should actually repel each other. And so they're not quite sure how atoms are held together. In Colossians 1, we find out Jesus is actually holding all things together. And then in uh, Hebrews 1, I'm just, I'm just going to read this again because it's a good one. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. So through Jesus, God spoke and created the earth. Uh, God said, when God speaks, things happen. Um, and the Word really reveals Jesus' heart, or reveals God's heart. Jesus, as the Word, reveals God's heart. Same thing with us. When we speak, you know, our mouth isn't operating on its own. It's coming out of our heart. And so Jesus is the perfect representation of the heart and mind of God, which is love. God is love. And we are created in the image of God. And a part of that is we have that same, not to the same extent, but we also have that power. We can create things with our mouth. And um, 
if you think about uh, Proverbs 18.21, it says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So we can speak life into people, into situations, or we can speak death. Um, one thing, a couple of years ago, uh, I heard a, a preacher talking about this, and he said, you know, when you pass um, an adult bookstore, or you pass a casino, or let's say you passed um, Gay Pride Day, you know, your, your tendency is like, oh, man, I, just, I wish that stuff wasn't here. But he said, no, speak blessing over it. Bless those people. Speak life into them. And, um, I, you know, I drive up and down I-35 all the time. I travel all over the state and pass tons of adult bookstores and they're right off the highway. And just from that, I've learned, speak blessing. I bless those people, the owners, because truly that's what we want. If they are blessed, they'll change their ways. They'll shut those stores down. Not, not to curse them. I, we wish they weren't there, but to speak blessing into them. Um, and so we, we, with our mouths, can create life or death. And as people who are experiencing grace, let's speak uh, words of life and grace to everyone. Um, and then in Matthew, I want to read Matthew 12, 33. Actually, I'll start in 34. It says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. I just really like what he says there about out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Again, the tongue is not operating independently. It's coming from what's deep inside here. And I like where he says, store up in yourself good things. So that's what, what will come out. Um, I'm going to read uh, James 3, starting in verse 3. Um, it says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses, we make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large, they are driven by strong winds. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. Corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire. I would think the opposite of that is it, um, you know, where he says it corrupts the whole person, sets the course of his life on fire. Through our words, we can also set ourselves on the course to heaven and create around us a little bit of heaven on earth, the kingdom of God in our lives, just by our what we speak, which comes from what we think. Um, I'm reading a book right now called The Eighth Habit by Stephen Covey. And uh, he talks in there about how, um, well, he actually said that, you know, we, we literally create the world in which we live. Um, and, you know, scientists and psychologists have debated for years, you know, about kids. Is it nature that determines who they are, in other words, their genes, what they inherited from their parents? Is that what determines who they become, or is it the environment they grew up in? You know, they grew up in a loving environment or a very harsh environment, and, you know, they've done studies with twins who were separated, and they do all kinds of things, and they're always debating this. Is it nature or nurture? Is it genes or the environment? Uh, but then there's also events that happen to us that determine who we become and how we act. 
and I'll call that stimulus. So there's, you know, there's three basic things that happen that determine who we become, who we are. Uh, nature, which is our genes, nurture, environment, events, stimulus. Um, but the most powerful, even more powerful than all three of those put together, is our choices. The choices that we make determine our life more than any other factor. And you can see this, you know, you think of uh, The Pursuit of Happiness, right? That movie. Um, very, guy had a very hard life. His circumstances were terrible. He had a rough upbringing. And yet, by his choices, he completely changed his life. And you see this time and time again, where people experience horrible, horrible things, and it makes them a great person. You know, you think about how many, Molly, you probably see them all the time in class, you know, kids who have just had a rough time, and you can see it on their face. But some of them, they, they grow up and they become these incredible, well-rounded people. And it's because of the choices that they made along the way. And then other people who grow up in great wealth, um, great circumstances, loving families, and they just blow it all and, you know, end up in the gutter. Um, so nature does affect us. Uh, nurture does affect us. Events that happen to us do affect us. But at the end of the day, we are free to choose. God has given us that freedom. And at the end of our lives, we are the product of our choices, the sum of millions of choices made over our life. Um, and in this book, The Eighth Habit, um, there's a little saying uh, that Stephen Covey says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space lies our freedom and power to choose. In those choices lie our growth and happiness. So you can get hit by a car. Nothing, you know, you, you can leave here today, get hit by a drunk driver. It's unjust. You had nothing to do with it. Just get broadsided. But, so that you had no control over that. But what you do have control over is how you respond to it for the rest of your life. Do you respond in bitterness, uh, in anger, or do you let God's grace affect you powerfully and change you through that event? Um, he's got a, a poem in there that says, "'Tis the set of a soul that decides its goal, not the calm or the strife." So, In other words, whether we have a good circumstances or bad circumstances, that is, in the end, it has no bearing on how we end up. And really, it goes back to our choices, which are based on what, it, what we're storing up inside of us, the storehouses of good that Jesus was talking about. Um, when we change our thinking, we change our lives. We change the direction of our lives. Another example of this is, you know, I always tell my son, whoever you are is who you end up being surrounded by. If you, if you lie, you'll eventually be ended up surrounded by liars. You'll be surrounded by people you can't trust. Your life will be a living hell. If you're honest, you will end up being surrounded by honest people. It's through those choices. Um, and I, I, that's the one that I keep going back to because it's just such a stark contrast to me, you know, the way between honesty and dishonesty. And then as we continue to store up good and good and good, that, that continues to come out. And we can actually affect negative people around us. Uh, we will affect negative people around us. If we're surrounded by negativity, we can be a beacon of light and love. Um, so that's, that's my challenge to you today, is to be storehouses of light. Because out of that light will come your words. Your words will determine your life. Um, and this kind of uh, 
the nitty-gritty, like the bottom line. What is the bottom line? What does God want us to do? Uh, in John fifteen twelve, he says, My command is love each other as I have loved you. At the end of the day, what God wants more than anything else, just like a parent with multiple kids, you want your kids to love each other. He came and he showed mercy and kindness and goodness to the people who crucified him. And he expects the same from us. Love as I have loved. That's his command. Um, and so as we live lives of love, we'll begin to affect our world around us. And we will start to influence those people around us, and we will find ourselves in a world full of love. Uh, and James, I'm going to finish reading the James 3. With the tongue, we praise our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praising and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Let's be deposits of fresh water for a thirsty world. Um, And one thing that will help us in that, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And really, that's what it comes down to, uh, our choices. Um, You know, I talk about this all the time in terms of uh, the male struggle with lust. You can make all these choices to remove yourself from situations, but in the end, you still have your mind, and your mind is full of stuff in your teenage years. And uh, it's hard, and you have to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And that's a daily battle. It's one that I find myself all the time. You know, I can... Structure my life so that I'm not around temptation, but I'm, I always have my head with me and my thoughts. And uh, so take our thoughts and thoughts of fear. You know, I can't do it. That's the big one I'm struggling with right now. Um, as I'm, you know, thinking about what I'm going to do with my job. And it's so, it's such a, I get so filled with fear whenever I think, well, you know, I could try this other career. And I just feel like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I know how to do what I'm doing right now. I've done it for a long time. And I just get so um, seized up with fear. And Christ is telling me, take those thoughts captive. Take that fear, those fearful thoughts captive, and make them obedient to me. And he's telling me, my reality is stronger than any reality out there in the world. Um, So in short, just to summarize, God created the earth by the power of his mouth through Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation of God, God's heart. And that heart is a heart of love. We too, created in the image of God, have the power to create our world, our atmosphere, our surroundings. And we will either create a living hell or a living heaven around us, the kingdom of God. Um, We need to have a storehouse of light within us. And then at the end of the day, we need to live lives of love. Think thoughts of love, think thoughts of blessing, speak life into people, and be love, because that's what Jesus wants us to be. I'm just going to pray real quick. God, we thank you for revealing your heart to us through Jesus. We thank you, God, that you came down and you lived on this planet. You know what it's like, God. We thank you for the power of your word. We ask God that you would
Help us to realize how powerful we are, how powerful you've made us, and the positive effect that we can have in our little worlds, God, bringing your kingdom into our worlds. Give us the strength and the courage. Help us take every thought captive, God. Put the right thoughts in our mind. When we have bad thinking, God, we ask that you would replace it with good thinking, thinking that comes from you. Give us your thoughts. Without you, God, we are adrift. We don't know which way to go. But you can guide us and help us to live lives of love. I ask, God, that you would do that for everyone here. Amen. That's it. Thank you, guys.